What's going on? Welcome to the New Music Business. I'm your host, Ari Herstand, author of How to Make It in the New Music Business, the book, third edition out. Now, the audiobook is also out everywhere right now. So if you like hearing the sound of my voice and you think you can stand it for 20 straight hours, pick up that audiobook. Uh, personally, I prefer audiobooks over the hardcover ebooks. You know, personal preference, but the audiobook is out. I really enjoyed reading it. And I think you'll enjoy listening to it. Today's episode is all about sync licensing. Of course, sync licensing is getting your music on TV shows and film and trailers and commercials and video games and all of that. That is what sync means. And we've done so many episodes around sync licensing um, over the past couple years that we decided to kind of do a best of episode focusing around sync. This is um, some of our most frequently requested topics is within sync. So we're like, you know what, let's just put together some of the best of clips from some of our favorite guests. So some of the guests that you're going to hear from today is Jen Malone. She is the music supervisor for Euphoria and so many more shows. She's a music supervisor extraordinaire. In addition to, we have Lindsay Wolfington, also music supervisor extraordinaire. She was the one who actually placed uh, my song on One Tree Hill about a decade ago, and she has worked on uh, countless shows and movies since. We have Madonna Wade Reed, who also music supervisor extraordinaire, been in the business for over 20 years, has done hundreds and hundreds of episodes of television and movies and all of that. If you're in sync licensing, you know Madonna, you know Lindsay, you know Jen. They're superstars of the sync licensing world. We also have some uh, sync agencies on uh, this uh, best of episode. We have uh, Lyle and Kyra from Bank Robber, Charles and Chase from Blue Buddha, Jen Miller from Audio Socket, Vo Williams, the artist instructor of Ari's Tech Academy sync licensing course, and he runs his own sync agency, Sound Dose Music Group. Vo Williams, for those of you who are unfamiliar, he's a hip-hop artist, and he's had over 1,500 sync placements of just his own music, not to mention pretty much every uh, major sports league from MLB, NBA, NHL, World Cup, all of that. They've used his music in their promos, not to mention the teams like the Tampa Bay Lightning and the NHL. They've used his music every year. The Milwaukee Bucks use his music every year. I was just watching the Dodgers broadcast. Oh, no, I was at the Dodgers game, actually, and they're using his music. So, yeah, he has kind of cornered that market. You're going to hear from him, and you're also going to hear from Disney Music Supervisor. Brian Vickers, who focuses on placing music in Disney trailers. This is a jam-packed episode all about how to pitch your music for sync, but also digging into some topics about how to get started in sync licensing, you know, and how agencies and music supervisors like to be contacted. So if you're interested in sync licensing, this is the episode for you. As always, please follow this show if this is your first time listening to it. Just Pause it, click the follow, click the subscribe button. Leave us a five-star review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts if you like the show. Those really help. And if you're listening on YouTube, click that thumbs up, click the subscribe. Leave us a comment. I love reading the comments. I try to get back to people when I can. And uh, find us, all of us that make the show happen, at Ari's Take on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Find me, Ari Herstand, on Instagram and Twitter. Visit ariestake.com. Get on the email list. That's where you're going to get the most up-to-date information about all things new music business, and we'll let you know when new episodes drop and just stuff that you need to know about the new music 
business. All right, let's kick into the show. Now, break down the difference between supervisor and coordinator. What is a coordinator? What's kind of the day-to-day job duties of a coordinator? So the coordinator is support for the supervisor. Um, They handle a lot of admin stuff, quotes, um, music clearance, uh, script breakdowns, um, you know, everything from like getting waves, uh, wave files mm-hmm. to the music editors, helping with, you know, budget clearances. Okay. And then, um, you know, as well, depending on the super, I mean, it, it, again, it all depends on the supervisor sure. and how they structure their, yeah, their house. Yeah. And budget clearances, you mean from, uh, from the, the to clear production. music, okay, and so to clear a song, sure. So when you're going to kind of the label or the or the publishing company or the manager or some or the artist, the um, copyright holders, yeah. And so you have uh, basically how much you can you like you have to offer for the song, and then that's well, it's the, the whole thing. I mean, a quote request is. You know, what's the song? Who are the songwriters? Mm-hmm. Who's the publishing company? How long is the use? What sure. type of use? The scene description? And then, you know, the fees that you end up negotiating. Sure, sure. So, you know, just making sure, doing the research, mm-hmm. you know, who are all the writers? Who are all the publishers? And, and just, you know, clear music because you can't use a song yeah. if you can't clear it. Right. So, actually, I want to talk about that. I want to pause on, like, your, your mm-hmm. biography for a second yeah. because... This is really interesting. Um, that's something that I've seen evolve over the years. I'm sure you've seen it evolve over the years um, from probably initially people emailing you MP3s, attachments to like Dropbox to Box to now Disco. and Love doing, Disco. Love Disco. Okay. Love Disco. <laughs> okay, yeah. Love Disco. That's, I mean, that's what I've been hearing a lot of because of the metadata is just so clear in there and you can contact all well, the contact information or not you would, always. You would hope. Okay. <laughs> you would hope. Not, like not a, always. At least okay. I can add my own metadata, but some some of it at least is just for the independents that are really good. Yeah. They will definitely have all the contact information. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes from the majors, you just it'll just have their name on it. So how do uh, why do you love Disco? What what makes it special? What makes it uh, different from Dropbox? Well. Do, um, it's just much more user friendly for what I need it for. Okay. Dropbox, I think, is really good. Like, I'll use Dropbox for like my files and admin stuff, okay. but for music, it's just it's a great way to organize my music. So I mm. have all of my shows and all of my pitches in there, mm. and then you know I'll have a general music folder where you know I'll have sixties, seventies, reggae, oh, cool. rock, you know, um, world music. Afrobeat, like just, and so everything can kind of go in there, Mm. but it's just, and it can hold a lot more music and I hate iTunes. No Uh, disrespect. (laughs) Of course. Um, So do people, do you request pitches through disco now? I mean, when you're, I send out my disco link and I say, Ah. upload your music here, make sure all the metadata is in there. That's usually. Yeah. When did that switch for you? When did you start using disco? Um, I don't remember. Maybe a a year ago, I don't know. Okay. They, I just was hearing about it yeah. and I was seeing it. I just, I like the interface. Yeah, it's clean. It's not too busy. I can, I can organize it whatever way I want to. Mm. Um, it's just very, it's just very user friendly. Yeah. And since it's up in the cloud, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not going to lose my shit when. Sorry, yeah, you curse. can swear. That's okay, fine. It's um, yeah, I'm not going to like <laughs> yeah. lose it when right. iTunes crashes. When it crashes, yes. From an independent artist's um, standpoint, 
we're always indie artists are always looking for basically how to get their music to music supervisors in a way that they're going to actually listen to the music and so i've been trying to distill you know how do you remove the most amount of friction to get your music there and i've just been hearing like disco kind of makes it really easy and so that's kind of a way yeah um when you when you receive pitches from anybody like how do you like i guess how do you like to be contacted? Do you like to be contacted? Or do you just want to go after, uh, you know, find music on your own? I mean, it's tricky because, you know, there is that, like, trust factor that I sure. don't necessarily have with artists yeah. who will say, yeah, I own everything. And it's like, no, you don't, bro. Right. Like, or, <laughs> no, I don't think you own that journey sample that's right. in there. Yeah, yeah. And so there, it's it's hard. And so I, and I, my ass is on the line when I'm licensing this music. So I do prefer to get music through, um, through independent licensing companies mm -hmm. that and independent pitchers that I have relationships with that I can call or email and they'll get back to me right away sure. when I need to clear something on the mix stage and I literally need it cleared now. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, that's a really interesting point about uh, artists not really understanding ownership Correct. and all of that. Um, and hip hop, I'm sure, has that's probably the most challenging <laughs> uh, because so many artists, especially bedroom producers and, and bedroom, you know, hip hop artists, uh, use samples that they don't realize that they can't legally do. do Old you, Town Road, uh, right? <laughs> perfect example. Exactly. The Nine Inch Nails, I'm sure, was very pleased in the end. Yes, with it. <laughs> yeah. I used the I'm song. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so right, I'm there. They've been doing quite well from that i'm sure um but right the an, initial producer who sold the song for 30 dollars to uh Lynn totally Lazarus, right. stole yeah just totally stole, stole it. it didn't realize totally. i mean knew but didn't just didn't think yeah. anybody would catch him or something i don't know i think he just didn't know that he probably yeah. had to do it or that right. he couldn't do it or there exactly. was a copyright issue so are there any tools that you use uh, to help you with clearance so nothing falls through the cracks? I mean, do you have like audio recognition software? Do you like- No. No, okay. So you just trust the person that you're talking to if they say that they own 100%. Well, I mean, it, again, it that's why I prefer to go through sure. companies that are vetting it and have contracts and mm -hmm. reps and warranties and stuff like that. But it's just- you know, you, I do license a lot of stuff from independent artists, but it's just, it's, you know, it's, it's hard because yeah. it's like, okay, well, who owns it? All right. Mm -hmm. Well, who's the writers who, like, I figured out the questions to ask, sure. especially with the hip hop kids. Mm. Who's the producer? Like, okay, who owns it? I own everything. Okay. Yeah. Who's the, who made the beat? Yeah. Oh, you know, whoever. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well then, is he a writer on the song? Well, I don't know, and and it, it's just, yeah. it's just digging deeper and deeper, and then I, you know, for one artist, I had to go one step further because I'm listening to the beat, or, mm -hmm. or they just said, yeah, no, they own it. It's a sample from, I, I don't know, some yeah. like Japanese film score or something, and I mm -hmm. was like, okay, goodbye. <laughs> I just can't. I just can't right. because I just don't have time to go through it. Yeah you know, constantly, uh, or they'll send me rough mixes. And oh I'm gosh. like, I'm not gonna, you know, there was an incident in Euphoria uh -huh. with a label that sent me, you know, rough mixes mm. of stuff mm -hmm. or demos. 
and I put it in, um, and then we got the finished version, yeah. and it was different. And oh, Sam was like, "I don't, I, I don't, I'm not feeling this. I huh. want, I want what I, what we've been living with." Right, right. So thankfully, the artists would like let us use that, and then when they released the song, it was something else. But uh, it's like, yeah. You know, like that's tough. Rough so, version right. three point two <laughs> audio ref, yeah. and I'm like, Gosh. I can't. I just can't. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by DistroKid. DistroKid is a distribution service that can get your music into all the DSPs like Spotify, Apple Music, TikTok, Title, Instagram. Over a million artists have used DistroKid. I'm one of those artists. I've used DistroKid to get my music out, distribute some of my songs. As you know, as I look into all of these distribution services, I test them out. And DistroKid is great. They offer a ton of features, annual fee unlimited uploads and you keep a hundred percent of your royalties check out districtkid.com are these artists that you're discovering just in through your own research and like oh wow this is a really cool song and then you kind of have to track them down and have those conversations that way yep word of mouth to friends of friends okay um yeah, I kind of find it everywhere. And sometimes when people, call, you know, I try to listen to everything mm-hmm. when it looks like it's, you know, there's, you know, no spelling mistake, like right. shit like that. Like yeah, somebody wrote, yeah. like, you know, I really admire, you know, your work, Y-O-U apostrophe R-E. Oh, and I was just like, I can't. <laughs> and, and I know that's really picky, but it's yeah, like, yeah. you know, sure. it, it's just, okay, well, Mm-hmm. You know, you just have to be detail oriented or, you know, totally. who, what are the splits? And they just send me all the producer, mm. you know, PKAs. And I'm like, no, I need their real legal names. Yes. yes you right, know, right, who's right. their, you know, who's their uh, publishing company? ASCAP. Mm-hmm. ASCAP oh, gosh, is not, right. a, you not know, so, company, so it's right. just, so I think yeah. for independent artists, it's just a matter of really educating yourself yes. on how how to how to how to license your music? Mm-hmm. What do splits mean? What is ASCAP and BMI? Yes. Uh, do you have splits? You, like just have that information to make my life easier, mm-hmm. which will make my life easier to sync your music. Totally. If you don't have that, after I go back and forth three times, I'm done. Next, mm-hmm. like I just in TV, you don't have that time and just. When there's 27 songs in one episode of Euphoria, I don't have physical time. Right, right. Now, when you, um, getting back to kind of the discovering how you find music, I'm I'm very curious to know the tools you use. I mean, are you using like Spotify Discover Weekly? Are you going through SoundCloud? Are you... Everywhere. Everywhere. Are you on TikTok? Like, how are you looking at music right now? Everything. You are. Okay. And, and... Do you spend much of your days and your time in active discovery or is it kind of just as you hear stuff, you Shazam it and just kind of figure out, you know, that kind of a thing? Both. All of it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just whenever I hear a song that I'm like, ooh, this could be good for either one of my current projects Mm -hmm. or just something to go into my someday sync list. Ah, okay. or, you know, I have playlists that I share with a couple colleagues of like, you know, cool music that we find to just share. You know, cool. it's just, it's my girls. It's yeah. three other mm-hmm. uh, music supervisors nice. that I'm super tight with. Yeah. Um, but everything. I mean, Instagram, SoundCloud, mm. TikTok, Audio Mac. Yeah. Uh, not Facebook, yeah. but Spotify. Okay. Um, 
Apple Music. Yeah. Okay. Like, so you're yeah. Shit that I just coming Sirius Satellite Radio. Mm-hmm. Like every oh, wow. everything. Okay. What advice would you give independent artists who are looking to get their music synced more? Let's say maybe they've had a couple or maybe they've had none. Like what do you recommend artists on how they can kind of break into sync licensing? I mean, look, it's hard. We get a lot of emails. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's important to know your business, to okay. know to have splits figured out. Make sure you have full legal names. Mm-hmm. You know who um, who represents everybody that owns the copyright. Be registered with a PRO. Mm-hmm. Um, um, have contact for everybody, have an instrumental available, mm. have high res fi- uh, files available, have a clean available um, if there's... Like no swearing. Correct. Yeah. And, you know, for, for one of the networks that I work for, they want what's called a, a clean wipe. I heard syllable to syllable, meaning if you're saying fuck in mm. your song, you can't hear f- ah. and have it be like silent Got or... Right. Like you can't, <laughs> right, you can't right, 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 hear right, that. Yeah. Like it needs to be completely removed. Or you know, mm. if you have the luxury of saying another word, mm-hmm. Um, mm. then you can do that as well. So it's not like a complete dropout. Do you need um, stems? Are they helpful? I think I never do. Okay. I um, f- I don't want to speak for everyone, but I sure. think trailers. Mm. Like to have stems okay, from sure. from just from going to panels and stuff because I I know nothing about trailers yeah. but I love learning about sure. because it's such a different business right um, and I know that they'll like ha- they'll really fuck with stems and mm-hmm, stuff mm-hmm. Um, but I don't usually need them gotcha yeah very very rarely mm-hmm. um, but I think it's important to know you know when I got when I have people email me about you know, getting their music at Insecure. I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, I don't do that show, bro. Mm. <laughs> so that's kind of a turnoff. Right, um, do your research. Do your research. Yeah. And also try and find um, independent licensing companies. There's a million out there mm-hmm. and try and get on board with them because those are the people. So I, you know, they can sign off on everybody. So I don't have to do, there's four writers doing four quote requests and four master requests, like, one mm-hmm. stops are always yes. much better. Yes. Um, but knowing also, so when I say, you know, okay, who's this person's publishing company? You know, is, is it with them? Like, just know who it is, even whether it's like Universal, but also whether it's Pulse or Cobalt, mm-hmm. because that will change how I can use the song. Meaning, mm-hmm. with some of the majors, mm-hmm. they just you know, demand more money Mm -hmm. and there's not, Oh, my manager can make a call. That doesn't work. That's very bad business between me and my sync licensing people Uh at the labels. It just, it creates bad blood. Mm -hmm. That's only when it's like something really crazy important, but I try to never, ever do that. Or if I do do that, it's like, Hey, Warner Chapel, just so you know, like the manager's involved in this one, whatever, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. that's never going to happen. Like, Oh, my manager will, no, <laughs> no. Um, so if a writer on the song is with a major or one of the major indies, mm-hmm. um, that's going to change how I can pitch the song because I know that I'm going to need to have more money for that. And I might be filling out a party scene 
with three or four just, you know, background, you know, vibe type music that instead of, you know, going to a library, I'd rather support an independent artist, give them three grand, Mm -hmm. get them in a cool show. Mm -hmm. Um, So, but I can't, but, you know, Pulitzer Universe will never clear anything for $3,000. So then I'm not going to put it there. I'm going to wait until I have a spot where I can spend that money. And so for artists to know all of this information going in, when you collaborate with an, uh, with another songwriter or artist or producer, knowing are they represented by a major publisher, because that is going to affect your... Or just who the publisher is, is. because sometimes yeah. people would never think that, you know, Cobalt is a major, mm-hmm. but it, they they are, sure. you know, they're amazing and they own a lot of copyrights and, right. you know, Pulse or Big Deal, like just because it's not, you know... Sony ATV, Warner Chapel, BMG, mm-hmm. or Universal, mm-hmm. there are other yep. major publishers. Totally, totally. Um, and and the, you made a really great point. Go work with a, a licensing company, a sync licensing company, because they, you know that they vet their music. You know that you're not going to have to deal with clearing samples or educating on, you know, that, you know, this is a sample and you have to get this cleared or, right. and then figure out the other parties and everything like that. And if there is a sample, like, it's just don't not give us the information because you're afraid we're going to not move forward with a license or mm. something. You know yeah. what I mean? Don't don't try to hide it. Like, just <laughs> tell me because sure. maybe that means I'll get you a bigger placement. You yeah. know, just yeah. don't. And if there's a sample in the song, either take it out yeah. or do what you need to do. And that is on you mm-hmm. to figure out what, you know, what needs to be done so that, you know, to clear it. You yeah. can, clear it right know right. your business know yeah. what you're getting into don't tell me when i ask who your publishing company is do not say ascap or bmi yep. <laughs> just don't because that's yeah. a click yeah when you're talking about independent artists um and because you placed so many independent artists over the years um I- i'm curious what would you advise for artists uh, to do to best set themselves up for success to make your job the easiest it can be so you can get to that yes with your producers and you're not they're not giving you any more headaches yeah so generally speaking the paperwork I'm sending any inner indie artist mm-hmm. is the same paperwork I'm sending Katy Perry um, so sometimes I feel like with indie artists, there's a little bit of like, ah, contract, like, I don't want to be taken advantage of rightfully. So, um, what does this mean? Blah, blah, blah. But then the other part of me is like, this is, this is the sheet. It's like from Netflix. I can't change Netflix. So like, you know, this is what it is. Take it or leave right. it. And generally those rights these days are all media excluding theatrical for worldwide rights in perpetuity. Mm -hmm. So that just means, you know, your song can go in a project um, forever and ever, whether that project comes out on DVD or streaming, the only place it can't go if it's a TV show is theatrical. When you do work on a movie, you get the whole kit and caboodle, including theatrical. Um, But so, you know, know your, if you've written with anybody, settle your splits, know your splits, know who's involved. Are you going to be signing off on your writer? And you should have a piece, a piece of paperwork saying that you have the right to do that. If you plan mm-hmm. to try to make it a one-stop, um, one-stop meaning Ari owns his recording and his publishing. Maybe he co-wrote this one song, but it's 50-50 and he made a deal with the writer that he can sign off on his, 
Mm-hmm. And if that writer doesn't, if that writer wants to sign off for himself, that's fine too. Just, you know, the first thing I will be like, okay, um, I often ask, do you own hundred percent master, hundred percent publishing? Mm-hmm. And it's okay if the answer is no, I just want to know who the other part is. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm mm-hmm. hoping it's another unsigned artist so that, yes. you know, it can keep you in the same fee range at least. Right. Cause I generally mm-hmm. like pitch in kind of fee ranges if I pitched you for a spot that only has a thousand dollars and then later down the road, you tell me, Oh, right. I co-wrote this and my co-writers with universal music publishing. Well, now I'm up a Creek because they're not going to be cool with 500 aside. Uh-huh. Um, so those are the situations I'm trying to avoid. Sure. Um, sure. And it's fine if you wrote with a big writer, I just need to know that up front so that I don't pitch you for the background of a bar that only is a thousand bucks. So when an artist is sending you, uh, maybe if you get in touch with the artist, you found their song somewhere and you want to use it, or the artist uh, is pitching you directly because they did their research and they found it's like, wow, Virgin River would be the perfect show for for my new folk pop song. Um, to up front say I own a hundred or just at least I own a hundred percent of both sides or. Uh, you know, lay out who owns what with contact information is probably a good way to get uh, to start that open that conversation, maybe. Yeah. And I mean, the other thing um, that you want to say is what's your what does your music sound like? Because I'm getting like 100 emails a day and yeah. I, I have like I'm like radar looking for like, oh, OK, Virgin River, like I'm looking for acoustic yes. indie pop. Right. Um or like, you know, the occasional dramatic song. Uh, when I worked on Shadow Hunters, we mm-hmm. used a lot of electronic based music. So if that was like a keyword, it would catch my eye. Mm. Um, not looking for anything using hip hop right now. Although mm-hmm. when Warrior Nun comes up, I might be like Warrior Nun is a very international show and we like to use music from around the country. So, oh, cool. uh, Spanish artist with Spanish lyrics, like super cool, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I have kind of like little buzzwords in my head. So it helps mm. me if you can tell me a little bit what your sound is, or if you want to reference a band, mm-hmm. um, you know, or a couple of bands that you might be similar to. That's actually, I know people don't like to be put in a box, but it's actually really helpful when you're trying to get somebody's attention. Uh, it, it, I mean, you're probably moving, you said you get so many pitches and you're moving quickly. And if I put in the subject line, um, sounds like, the Weepies and Gregory Allen Isakov, you're like, oh, wow, they're both right. in in um, the show I'm Virgin working River. on right now in Virgin River. And, and like I could use them right now. So perfect. You know, and then that's probably an easy end. Now, where do you land on um, how you want to receive the music? Do you like disco playlists? Do you prefer Dropbox? Like, what do you what do you prefer personally? I just like a place where I can both stream and download. Um, I know there are supervisors out there supposedly Mm -hmm. who only like streaming links. I Mm -hmm. don't, for me, that's frustrating because if I like a song, I need the MP3 because that's, Mm -hmm. I need to send the editor an MP3. Um, so if I like a song, I want to be able to download it now. Um, I don't want to have to write you and ask you for a download. Um, because I, and then if I don't get a chance to write you, I may just forget about it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So, um, so disco is great. Dropbox is great. Uh, box is great. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, high tail is like fine, 
but I can't listen in advance. So if I don't mm. know your music in advance, it helps me to be able to like sample something. I'm probably not going to gotcha. download it if I don't know what it sounds like. What would you recommend for a- an artist who wants to get some of their songs placed? Like I'll give you a little background, like how I got my song placed on One Tree Hill. Now this is, mind you, 2010. So we're talking 10 years ago. Um, I literally tweeted my song to Lindsay Wolfington, and <laughs> you, you can't really do that anymore. Uh, that's not like really yeah. going to happen. And you know, fortunately, I mean, it all worked out. I, I and it was it was great. But like, I, that's you're probably not recommending that you tweet your songs to music supervisors anymore. I don't know. It's what, not going to stop recommend? people. <laughs> it's right, not right. Stop True. People, so that's what it is. I, but, that's yeah. the joke. But I think, well, you know. I, I firmly believe in, you know, relationship building. It's okay. really that simple. I think that, yes, we do, as supervisors, we do prefer going through one of those companies, like, you mm-hmm. know, someone to pitch on your behalf. But, you know, you'd be surprised. I think sometimes it could be as simple as just reaching out. Like you said, you tweeted Lindsay. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes reach out to some supervisors. But I think the key is that a lot of people, kind of just throw to hell Mary, like be very precise in your approach. Like if you know that you do this particular sound, figure out who's work, what shows and what movies and what projects are using your sound and Mm -hmm. then figure out who's working on that. Reach out to that person and send them a detailed message like hey Mm. person i know you worked on this show that show and that show i love the music and i have stuff in that lane and was curious what is your or do you have a submission process or whatever because sometimes people are like hey man my music would be perfect for your stuff and i'm like Mm -hmm. what stuff right (laughs) for all of it it works for everything (laughs) no it doesn't you're crazy and because that's just that's just how it is and i know like i said i understand especially now with you know you can't you know you can't do the touring thing and venues Mm -hmm. are shut down um so sync is like booming in a sense um and it's about to be even bigger when you know production starts back up for everyone but Mm -hmm. i think that you know like i said just taking a a strategic approach is really the best decision you know like reaching out to people based on what you have and what they've done you know hitting up imdb to see what are their past projects do they have a sound that they typically go after like Mm -hmm. it requires a lot of work that sometimes to be honest i don't think people are willing to do Sure. Um, so it's just a matter of doing the complete legwork, you mm-hmm. know, um, and and just reaching out. Some, but that really is the best thing. If you're going to reach out yeah. to people blindly, at least give them a reason to open your email, like yeah. so that they know that you've done your part. I love that. I mean that that's so key. And every that like that was gold. What you just said. So everyone listening to this, I hope you had your notebook out and taking taking furious notes because that he basically wrote the email for you. Um, but it was great, and it's like it was really yes. Start off, open your email with I've done my research. I mean, you don't say I've done my research, but basically right. you cited their shows, right. you show admiration, and you basically compliment them on their work that they've done. They're people too. We have. They have emotions. (laughs) Yeah, man. And I have off hours too. Like, man, look, I respectfully, I get a lot of emails and stuff where people are like, hey, man, can you just listen to my song? Like, hey, man, it's it's like 1230 on (laughs) 
a Sunday. Yeah, right. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, I'm just right. chilling. Like, yeah. like just kind of, of course, be respectful of people's time. And, mm-hmm. and once again, I know we're in this like weird culture where it's like, hey, man, work, 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 work. Sometimes yeah. just you got to remember that people are human, you know, yeah. and and that's always the best approach is to is to meet people like they're human, you know, and do the exact same thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. So let's go on the other side. Now, if somebody wants to become a music supervisor, how would they do that? Where do they begin? Let's say they're not at a school that has the ability to place them with an internship, like the route that you went, what would be your recommendation on how somebody can break into this? That's a good question too. Um, because, once again, my, you know, my first school, I, I didn't know anything about music supervision. And now I yep. know it's something that's being taught a lot. Um, and that would be a recommendation as well. I think that there are some programs out there that folks are offering, whether it's, you know, UCLA or Berkeley or whatever that offer courses uh, that you don't have to be on campus to mm-hmm. take and or learn about it. Um those are routes. But like I said, I think that the best thing that you can do is really the same approach. Mm. Um, you can do the exact same approach. If you reach out to certain music supervisors and say, hey, guys, you know, or hey, whoever I, you know, I'm interested in your work and I want to do this. There's a difference in how music supervisors will respond to somebody who just wants to pitch music versus someone who's interested in supervision. So mm. I think that if that is your goal, um, I think I know that there are a couple books out there that are yeah. very good and you know even something like this clearly if mm-hmm. someone's here that means yep. they care a little bit more about it than you know maybe the average person but i think that yeah reach out to them as well and let them know what your intentions are but i ultimately mm-hmm. think that you get something like this from you know learning and working under people I, i've had some great people to show me how how to get to where i am um mm-hmm. and i think it starts there but also I, and I know I hate to sound cliche. I, I hate sounding cliche, but it really is as simple as listening to everything, watching as many projects as you can. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'll, t- I'll be one of the first to tell you that, man, I, you know, <laughs> before the baby, we were watching legit every show. And even now mm-hmm. I'm pretty caught up on a yeah. lot of shows. Like my queue is getting a little bit longer, but I watch stuff too, because I want to see what folks are doing. And I want to mm-hmm. hear, are there trends that are happening mm-hmm you know, and as, as a whole, because our industry is very trend driven as well, whether that's, and I don't mean just trailers. I just mean, you know, sync in general, you know, there are some things that'll stand out. Like I know for a while it was like, Hey, what's Kanye doing? Yeah. And and it became a thing because he was making a certain sound and, you know, on the other side, it's like, Hey, what's Pitbull and Flowrider doing or what's, Mm -hmm. you know, this artist doing. So there are trends. So um, it, it becomes a matter of trying to identify that as well. You know, cool. That's I mean, that's a that's a really great tip. And and I'm assuming when you're watching these shows, you're naturally uh, researching who the supervisor is for that show. And, and oh, and immediately. Yeah. yeah, right. Right. Of course. <laughs> I, like of if, course. I'm, if I'm not. <laughs> If I'm not um like looking like on screen, like who's the soup? Oh, okay, mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. Then I'm on IMDB. Like I got right. IMDB quick on my yeah. phone, like yeah. for that very same reason. So yeah. That's awesome. And someone who's looking to break in, they can similarly take note of that, watch the show, and, and maybe a show that they love the music to, they can even just shoot that uh soup, uh, you know, a DM, an email, something just saying, hey, great 
work on this. I really love the music that you placed. This scene really spoke to me. The song you placed, good job. And you could just start there and like without even asking for anything in return. Yep. Like how many compliment? <laughs> like who's going to turn their nose up at a, just a compliment? Like everyone appreciates compliments, so why people not just compliments? Start. Yeah, people typically <laughs> respond well to compliments. Right. You know what I mean? So I, I do recommend that. Um, yeah. But but like you said, it, it really just comes down to it, it's going to always be about doing the work, doing the mm. research. Unfortunately, yes. I, I do have to say that I think that music supervision now is becoming um, almost the equivalent of how people, the perception of music supervision is like how people perceive A&R. You know, they're like, oh, I know talent. I can I can break the artist. I know who's hot, you know? And it's like, yo, it's more to the job than that. Usually when people say I have a good ear for, you know, music, I'm like, all right, cool. I hope you can work well with people. I hope yeah. you're not a jerk. <laughs> when when it gets late at night and you're working on the same thing and you've seen the same piece of visual for hours on end, like that's mm-hmm. what matters. The organization, you know, knowing who works at what place and, you know, like I said, relationship building. Those mm-hmm. are the things that I think stand out more. Organization, good grief, the organization, mm-hmm. because, mm-hmm. you know, you, you I, I love jazz. Mm-hmm. I love jazz. I love jazz, R&B, soul, whatever. I'm actually wearing a Robert Glasper shirt right now. I love ah, jazz. Nice. Yeah. Um, but I didn't, I, I I use jazz so infrequently at my job. Yep. Like we, we just did the trailer for the film Soul. And I was like, oh, shoot, I get to, ah, I get to, I like lost my mind for a good day and a half. Like, oh, I'm going to give them all my stuff. But yeah. it's so infrequent that I get to pitch stuff that I actually listen to. So I always mm. tell people, Get out that comfort zone. Listen to stuff mm-hmm. that you wouldn't ordinarily listen to. And when I say that, I don't mean, hey, man, I usually listen to, you know, country. So today I'm going to listen to pop. No, I mean, like, look, man, I'm going to listen to some stuff from 40 years ago that I wasn't familiar with. And I'm going to listen to some stuff from this era. I'm going to listen to some B-side artists mm. from the 60s and 70s. And I'm going to listen to that because what it does is... um, when I was in school um, and and they were teaching us how to scat, they would say, you listen to these records to learn how to build your vocabulary. And it really is the same thing, you know, as a supervisor, you're just building your vocabulary. If you like some of the best, the greatest supervisors that I look up to, man, they can have a whole hour long discussion with you on some random B-side act from the forties. And I, I just, I sit in <laughs> awe at that, man. Like I know that yeah. there, there are people who are out there and when you see their work, you know, you can tell, you can see their yes. work and you're like, man, how did they find that? And, and you know, I don't want to call names or whatever, but I would have to mention, you know, uh, when I first saw Breaking Bad <laughs> and I was like, man, this music that is in this joint is so, it was so perfect that like to this day, I always tell people, I think that that's probably one of the best souped projects that I've ever seen in my life, oh, man. Yeah. You know, and Thomas Galubic, like he's, he's insane. But then you hear him talk and you're like, no wonder it's so good. This dude is like a music encyclopedia, man. Mm. So I think that that's something that any aspiring music supervisor has to make the commitment to, to be, you know, yes. just, just study the work completely in totality and, you know, don't, uh, you know, leave your feelings at the door. You know, it's not always going to go your way. And when I sure. say not always, I mean hardly ever, you right. know. Um, but yeah. yeah. Cool. That's a great tip and, and really great pointers. Thank you for that. 
what would you recommend to artists if they want to have more success getting their music synced in general? What do you recommend to artists? What do you say to them? So the the things that always come up for us and have for 12 years is um, produce alt versions. So you want to have an instrumental version Mm. almost always, even if what lured them was a band track, they're almost always going to need the instrumental. Mm. So having the instrumental version, having Mm. a clean version, if, if you have explicit lyrics, um, when you're talking about lyrical content, going more general and less specific is, is better for sync. Um, if you can talk about things generically, about mm. love generically or unification generically or female empowerment generically, then you're going to have a lot more opportunities as opposed to I'm talking about the breakup with this person and my dog died. Um, so I, I think it's, <laughs> right. you know, just and then um I, re- I learned that the hard way. I have a I have a song called uh, San Vicente Boulevard, and I'm taking and the chorus is I'm taking a walk down San Vicente Boulevard, and they're like, this song is never getting synced because if they're walking down Sunset Boulevard, they can't use the song I'm taking a walk down San Vicente Boulevard, <laughs> or if the, you know, it's just like it's so specific that it's just yeah. like it doesn't work, or if like I, I drop, you know, Ben Folds is one of my favorite artists, but he name drops people all the time. Most of his songs, he's like. Like, oh, Zach and Sarah, or, you know, it's, it's like, well, if the main character is, if the main characters are named uh, Jerome and Andrea, you can't use the song Zach and Sarah that keeps going Zach and Sarah over and over and over again, because that's just, it's too specific. It's not going to work when you're trying to, you know, get into the TV show and, you know, there's Zach and Sarah in the background that just keeps going over and over, right? Exactly. Yeah. Right. So, okay. Um, great advice. Love that. Keep it universal, um, not specific. Um, uh, have instrumentals. Uh, do you recommend stems? Like, Yeah. Yeah, okay, I so- do. It's, it's only been recently, but um, everything on ASX has stems. And, and I stems, actually meaning like drums, like here's the drums soloed out. Here is the here are the vocals soloed out. That's that's what you mean by stems, right? Here, exactly. you know, and, and how many stems do you typically want? Um, I think our stem packets typically we're getting five stems, but um more advanced uh composers will will deliver more than that and they'll do mm-hmm. alt versions as well, mm-hmm. where there's sort of like built-in edit loops and and there's more production elements that that really um kind of give the editor something to work with, something easier to work with than if it's, you know, just an ongoing thing. Mm-hmm. So those are also great things to to pay attention to is production elements. Um, I, just, I mean, I would recommend they go watch uh, the latest movie trailers, go watch the latest ads and really emulate what you're hearing in those things. Mm-hmm. Um, pay attention to what is syncing. Mm. Yeah. And on the stems note, this is a side note. Sorry, I'm going to divert for just a minute, but there is a new company that we uh, did a license agreement with for them to use all of our music to train their AI. And mm-hmm. the stems coming out of it are fantastic. Um, it's another female CEO company in the music mm. and tech industry, which I love. Um, wow. It's called Audio Shake. And yeah, they're fantastic. So we're, we're actually going to be doing a, a little um, kind of promo with them to get their tech out to artists to see if, if artists are stemming things these days. And you're saying it uses AI? The AI creates? What is, how, what is, how does this work? 
What does it do? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even, I don't even, it's pretty mind blowing. She came from yeah. Google and, and all I can say sure. is she's super smart. Sure. Um, and she's got a really amazing tech on her hands that I think okay. is going to do great. So cool. yeah, well, you, you deliver the that. track and mm-hmm. a few minutes later you get a stemmed out version. Crazy. I can't even imagine how that works, but that's incredible. And, and, uh, yeah, I can't wait to see that. Uh, that would definitely, um, save me from the headache of forgetting to get stems from my mixing engineer. And then a year later saying, Hey, we need your stems by 3 PM today. And my mixing engineer is in the Bahamas and, uh, then I can't get it. So, (laughs) uh, rule of thumb, always don't pay your mixing engineer the final amount until you get those stems and instrumentals like that needs to be negotiated in the contract from the get go. Um, okay. So, um, okay. Other great advice. Anything else you would advise musicians, uh, if they want to be successful in sync, should they, when it comes to, uh, should they be spending their time building relationships with music supervisors or should, do you think they should find representation like an, like an audio socket or ASX? I don't know any artists that go direct to music supervisors or better yet. I don't know any music supervisors that work direct with artists. Um, Mm -hmm. There's legal issues, um, professional music liability insurance. There's all kinds of things that you need to have in place. Um, So I don't, I don't know of a lot of success stories of an artist just going direct. When it comes to um, negotiating credit and, um, Especially for the, some of the more premier placements, your TV shows, your trailers, uh, your your ads and stuff like that. Um, what goes into that contract and, and how do you make sure that uh, if the spot is going to be used in a very public way, that uh, credit is given, if at all, um, mm-hmm. or just how that, that works? And, and do you have any... Uh, negotiation power there. This episode is brought to you by Bandzoogle. This is how you should be creating your website. I've made many websites on Bandzoogle for years, long before they were paying me to tell you about it. I told everyone about it because it's super, super easy. Don't mess around with web developers. Let me tell you, the most frustrating people on planet Earth are web developers. No offense to my brother, who is a web developer. He's amazing. He was the one who originally built Ari'sTake.com. You're awesome, Mika. Hey, what up? Okay. Uh, but they're frustrating. They're always overworked. They take on too many projects. They're always getting sniped by startups that will pay them way more than any independent musician can pay them. So you should not be messing around with web developers. Stop paying web developers. Seriously. You know this by now if you have been hiring web developers for your websites. You can't get a hold of them. You can't afford them. And they are just, the turnaround times are way too long. So, Banzoogle, this is how you can build a website. It's super easy. They also have a built in store, commission free. You can sell music, you can sell downloads, PDFs. Whatever you want to sell, it's all commission free. They have a crowdfunding service. This is new. That's also commission-free. They also have a subscription service on there if you want to kind of start your own fan club and have subscribers, fans, patrons, whatever you want to call them, commission-free. This is all at Banzoogle.com. You can get a 30-day free trial if you use the code ARI. That's my name. And you also get 15% off the first year of any subscription. Go to Banzoogle.com. Use the promo code ARI. That's just spelled A-R-I for 15% off the first year of any subscription. Uh, 
We don't. Um, it is okay. in every one of our contracts, but it 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 says um, basically attribution, you know, and it says uh, artists should be attributed in this way, um, mm -hmm. but there's no liability to it. And a big part of that is ads. I mean, I, I, I don't know exactly where ads are credited, meaning somebody could probably find that song with Shazam or different techniques, but sure. um, a lot of places you don't credit. Mm -hmm. And where you where you can credit, we always encourage it. I mean, we are constantly okay. sending the cue sheets saying, report these, get the credits yep. in, make sure they're right. Uh, but I know that that's definitely not always the case. And um, how they credit it, we can't control either. And so, okay. like I said, I mean, I, I think our contract is even online. Like you can look at how we how we put it into our contract for attribution, and then they have to be. Uh, willing to attribute. So then when you've made that decision and you know where the moments are that you're going to place music, uh, what's the next stage of the process to actually obtain that music and clear it and place it and and <laughs> massive head drop? <laughs> yeah, step me through that. <laughs> it's the part I hate the most. Okay. It's the And it's the part that nobody you know, likes to talk about, which is, this is, you know, this is a, a part of the music business is the licensing aspect. And many supervisors um, are tasked with clearing the music, which is why you will meet a lot of supervisors who have law degrees. <laughs> wow. I have, I like to think I have an imaginary one because <laughs> I am forced to get in the trenches mm -hmm. with licensing departments, managers, mm -hmm. lawyers. I mean, I, have that language. I speak hmm. a second language, legalese. Sure. Um, and yes, I have to go out and find every single party who is involved in the song and every single party has to sign off on the use. Um, my briefs uh, famously hold the line, if you don't know where the bodies are buried, do not send the song. <laughs> So, you know, does that does that mean uh, that I'm going to break that down? That means like if there's three co-writers on a song that you're submitting, if you can't track down one of the co-writers on this song, don't even bother sending me the song because that's going to be a clearing nightmare. Is that kind of one of those bodies that yes, we're talking about? Okay. That's very mean. <laughs> yeah. Or or you used a sample and you chose not to tell anyone. Ah. That's an issue. Yes. You know, people, yes. I, listen, having your song placed in media is very exciting and mm -hmm. it can have a ripple effect to raise someone's success. It is a, it is a stream to make money. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of good things that come from a placement. And when someone is in the excitement of that possibility, they forget stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like telling you there's a sample in the song or you know, that actually the producer whose studio they recorded it in, that guy owns the master. <laughs> you oh, know? Wow. Like yeah. they just forget to tell you stuff. And yep. while it can all that, it, you know, that sweater can be unraveled and we can re-knit it and figure it out. Sometimes the timetable, especially in television, is a very short window to turn things around. <clears throat> so it can be super problematic. Mm. to be tasked with clearing music and not everybody is prepared to do their part. Sure, sure. Which is why that I makes... don't enjoy it. 
Yeah, no, and that makes sense. And that's uh, probably why I imagine uh, a lot of the work that you do now and who you interface with has kind of, you're only really working with the people who understand this fully, like your sync agents, your one-stops, your music publishers and record labels who who know the intricacies and the nuances and legally what is what needs to be cleared and why yeah and and why i mean i'm assuming well i i guess the the question is do you actually go direct to artists anymore or do you work with artists directly or have you kind of been burned too many times or just artists just don't realize uh everything that goes into a song or needs to be cleared or they just conveniently forget about some of those bodies (laughs) yeah well i mean it goes back to the excitement of it like there's there's often, you know, I'll hear something. I'm, you know, a, a rabid shazammer. It's mm-hmm. not unusual to see me standing in the middle of a supermarket with my, like, looking for the speaker, <laughs> and I go stand under it, and you know, yeah. with my cart, um, yeah. <laughs> or to be in a bar and roll up and ask them, "What am I hearing?" Cool. You know, things like that. And so I'm always, re- I mean, I'm always open to, and I find it mm-hmm. very exciting to discover new music. The problem is if somebody doesn't have licensing experience, does not know how to license their music, mm-hmm. does not have somebody representing them for that, mm-hmm. um, the unfortunate thing is I don't have the time to teach you. Sure. Yes. And to walk you through it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, and that's the bummer of yeah. it. Yeah. Is that I, you know, I think all supervisors, the excitement on our side of it mm-hmm. is not only the discovery of new artists and new music, but I think you know more than anyone, there's a race to the finish line to be the first. Sure. <laughs> I love getting that email when they go, yeah. oh my God, thank you. This is their first placement. I'm like, that's right. a win for me. That yeah. says that, you know, they have successfully got their song out there. I've heard it. No doubt other people want to hear it and discover mm-hmm. it. That's a great feeling. Mm-hmm. You need to have the right people behind you. Good news is there's been a tremendous amount of books written, mm-hmm. podcasts, mm-hmm. panels given by organizations. There's a million different ways if someone is serious. And let me stress that. You need to be serious about your desire to step into having your music licensed and you need to educate yourself about it. There's enough resources more so than when I started 20 plus years ago, there's so many resources for people to go out and learn how to do this Mm -hmm. and and hence make my job easier. Hence make it more appealing to me to roll the dice on you. If I know that there's someone in your camp that knows what they're doing, because at the end of the day, this step in the process is legally binding. And if something goes wrong, the person whose name is on the paperwork is mine. Mm. I had a project I did two years ago and I cleared a song. I had assurances by pretty reliable people that they controlled the song. I licensed it, it got papered, everyone got paid, it aired. Then I got an email saying, that song has my writer on it. Uh Uh-oh. 
and I had never done this in my career. I had to go back and tell the other folks, you need to give me some of that money back. <laughs> oh, send wow. it back to, you need to write a check and send it to the studio. Yeah. We need to reconfigure your splits, taking into consideration this third writer that you didn't know about. <laughs> right, wow. You need to tell any of your other publishers and writers that their their shares are going to be reduced. I mean, I had to go through all of this. Knock Wood, the person who came to me and said, my writer is on that song. I knew to be a legitimate source to be saying that to me and thankfully knew and respected me enough to know that I would never do that on purpose, sure. that I had not been given the correct information. And I was able to rectify it without any legalities or whatever. We just yeah. went back, redid it, got a bit of a refund, <laughs> redirected the money. But yeah. I mean, it's frightening. And yeah. it's a position that no supervisor wants to, you know, be a part of. I mean, it, if you, if it if not handled correctly and remedied correctly, that's a big black mark. Yeah. You become a yeah. risky hire. In terms of artists who are listening right now, and let's say they want to work with Bank Robber, uh, what is your recommendation uh, for artists? Or let's say it's, uh, I mean, do you take on new artists very often? Do you take on direct unsolicited submissions? And if so, how do you recommend people submit to you to represent them? Yeah, we do. We actually... I really enjoy that we do listen to the demos that come through to us. I feel like mm -hmm. a lot of companies don't, or they just kind of like ignore it. And we honestly listen to a lot of them, mm. um, regardless of how bad or how good they are. Nice. And uh, I feel like, you know, it's really important to kind of like tailor the email or the way that you're reaching out to this company, to the company. Like if somebody emails info at bank robber. I don't know if, if we're going to see it, but if somebody yeah, like, we somebody, do, we do, we do, yeah, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. I and we, it, yeah. we do listen to them, but if somebody like emails me specifically and like yeah. figures out my email, I'll probably mm -hmm. pay a little more attention to that, um, yeah. that artist and give them a little bit more of a listen. But I think that cold emailing is, uh, pretty successful. Like if we will listen to it. So, I mean, you know, it, it it depends, you know, like we'll look at it and go, oh, look, it's, I'm not even going to say Ari Styles. I mean, you know, but we'll just say yeah. like, oh, look, this might be something we need. I mean, we do, especially to the info address, we get a ton of emails. And, uh, you know, I think AJ kind of, or Johnny, one of the cats vets them, you know. Mm. And then uh, then the, we have a four-person uh, creative team and we vote, mm. you know, because you shouldn't have the, 57 year old white guy deciding what the music should be that we're working with anymore. You know, I mean, I would only sign bands that sound like cheap trick in the clash, you know, and that's <laughs> definitely not what we need right now. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, you know, and I think, you know, if it's like electro female electro pop, I'll be like, I don't know what do you, it sounds okay to me, you know, yeah. a trap hop or whatever robot, rock that i don't understand that well <laughs> you know it's just like somebody tell me yeah. you know i mean i know through the briefs what we need yeah and that's the thing like if people are looking at their like if you're like a 50 year old white guy that plays rock and you look at our website and you think you're better than any of the bands that we work in that genre 
okay, bring it on. But I think there's a lot of, there's a lot to be said for people like other companies need that. Mm. Like look at the other companies. They right. are, they need that. They need rock. You know, they mm. need, they need that stuff. It's like, we don't need it that much. So, and I'm, you know, yeah. so I like when somebody's like, Hey, you know, we're from, you know, Mars and we sing in Swahili and, you know, and it's like, Oh shit, we need that Mars rap music really bad. Mm. So that's, they've actually done some work to see what our company might need. So, well, that, that was my next question. What is the perfect email pitch and what, we, what do you like to see uh, in a cold reach out email and what would be the ideal pitch from, from an artist? I feel like so many times when I get or pitches through emails, Mm -hmm. a lot of people are like, we sound exactly like these bands that you guys have Mm. and we'd be great on your roster too. And it's like, okay, well, we already have these bands. Like Lyle was saying, it's really awesome when somebody just kind of has done their research and is like, this is what we sound like. Nobody ever really says like we could fill in the gaps, but they're like, this is what we sound like. Uh-huh. We would love to work with you. We love that you represent these bands. So it's mm. like, okay, they know about our company, but they also are doing their own thing. Yeah. Like, and you know, basic rock, if you like, I mean, we don't use those terms, but yeah. you know, if they're coming at us and they go, we sound like ABBA meets black Sabbath, we'll be like, Hmm, let's listen to that fucking shit. Yeah. Cool. And if they put a dog picture with it, great. But do not send uh, uh, downloadable music. Thank yeah, you. you know, that, no. It's got to be streaming. My fucking computer cannot take it. You know, it's yeah. just like just streaming link. Do your homework. You know, fucking figure out how to send the song streaming. Yeah. You and know. get it on disco. I feel like. Oh, that yeah. Get it on disco. Is, yeah, that'd be super that'll dope. That'll put you way ahead. Yeah. Like yeah. I always notice those ones. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and, and if you're like, I write the songs or, you know, I wrote all these songs with my cousin and he's signed to Sony, you know, mm-hmm. you should say that up front. Like we mm-hmm. are looking for one stop, you know, mm-hmm. that we are looking for the easy, clear stuff, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so that, that's very important when they come at us like, Oh yeah, my stuff's easy, clear, you know, and look, if you're just doing shit on your computer and you're not doing gigs and you just think you're blowing up and you have like four followers on Spotify, you know, maybe don't send it yet. You Mm -hmm. know, like a lot of our time, our job is breaking the bands that our labels have signed. You know what I mean? Like no one knows a lot of these bands. Mm -hmm. And if you're not even really band rock, like if you're just hobby rock, you know, we're we're not hobby rock. This is our full time gig. Give us something yeah. that you're really committed to, you know awesome. that you really you know. Don't try to do ten genres just because you think you're going to get more placements. Mm. Just do what you you know. All the bands that crush with sync aren't writing songs to the sad doctor scene. Mm. They're just writing great songs mm-hmm. and they win, you mm. know. And it's like, do not think about that stuff. It drives us absolutely nuts. Mm. We are happy to lead artists that we work with. What do we need? You know what we need? We need fucking holiday Christmas songs. Come on, people. Bring us. Bring us your <laughs> Hanukkah songs and Christmas songs because every year starting in May, wow. people want new Christmas songs. Okay. And all our bands are like, oh my God, no more. I can't do another Christmas song. So find your public domain jams and do some. 
Mm, no, nice. But yeah. So anyway, but but with the bands that are sending us their shit, you know, believe in your, you know, if you're a real band and you're crushing it, yeah, great. But if you're, if you're, you know, your dad and you're just like, oh, I think this song will work really great, you know, it's like, dude, yeah, come on, Alan, do not fucking follow up. We really do. <laughs> if we're not writing you, it means like no news is bad news or whatever. Oh, you know, it's like it's like come the fuck on, dude. Email, my God, I I got your demo. You know what? I don't like it. I don't want to write that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, that's very. You know, it makes me feel bad. What do you look for in artists when you are looking to um, sign them to your roster, and and how often are you signing artists, and how does that all work? Yeah, you know, I mean, my background from the label side, I came from marketing and radio and did some DJing, DJing in the heyday. So my ears are trained where, you know, it's all about the hook and the production and sort of loosely. If I hear a song that could be on the radio, that typically will equate to being sync friendly. And as far as all it checks off all the boxes that I'm looking mm. for, you know. Oh, my God, this you know, it still gives me that, you know, that, that feeling of like, I'm at a record shop looking, digging into the crates. This yeah. artist is amazing. And, and then, you know, the storytelling, you know, will the song sync up to picture? Because, you know, as a sync agent, yeah. you know, Chase and I, we're in the business, we're selling emotion. Yeah. So we're only as good as the artists that we work with and their songs and the storytelling, you know, um, you know, if we work with artists that all they write is love songs, hey, that's great. But, you know, that's only one sliver of the pie when we're getting briefs. You know, there's, you know, so kind of looking at the lay of the land of, you know, do they have those qualities, the it factor, you know, uniqueness in the voice, the production. Um, do I feel it? Just, you know, so subjective. What I might feel, you may be like, eh, you know, it's, it's, it's whatever. So then as far as how often, you know, that's a continual, we do have, you know, our label partners and clients that we work with a handful that they continually give us new content. But still what I really get, get to get up in the morning and amps me up is working with, you know, independent artists that, they're just doing it on their own. And I find them yeah. on Spotify or find them in the IG feed. And to be able, you know, we have countless stories where, you know, uh, working with an independent artist, we help place them and, and their team behind them. They blew up the next day. They got signed to a label. Uh, Flora Cash was is one example. We worked with Lenka, you know, mm -hmm. early days. And then they go on and get signed. And they were like, hey, you know, that we did our, we did what we had to do as a sync agent, you know, get the looks, get the placement for that artist and be part of that team. Cause it's so mm -hmm. integral as an independent artist, as you're building your team, who's your sync agent, who's your manager, do they have the relationships? And, you know, the rest is up to timing and, and, and a lot of luck and, and, and hard work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to manage expectations for artists, um, I guess when you bring an artist onto your roster, how do you help? Like, what should an artist expect? Uh, how many how many placements should they expect? They now have Blue Buddha Entertainment, widely respected for two decades in the industry, working on their behalf. Uh, are they going to be, 
millionaires tomorrow? Are they going to get, you know, uh, placements every other day? Like, what are the expectations and how does this work? Like, how do you communicate to your artists so they they can manage those expectations and know what to expect? So, yeah, I mean, it is now compared to early days, it is a longer slog, so to speak, as far okay. as, you know, competition, uh, there's, you know, everyone has a studio, everyone has the talent is there um, with libraries, independent artists, uh, globally, we're competing, you know, with, with publishers, labels, art, music's everywhere. So then whether it comes, does the song sync to picture? Mm-hmm. So to manage the expectation, you know, if we work with ours and we get them those looks, meaning, you know, at the end of the day, after a year or six months, and we say, hey, we pitched your songs to these shows. We didn't get the placement because creatively it, it didn't fit, but we got you the looks. So at the bare minimum, you know, getting those looks where are, is your song considered? for 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 a placement you know and ha- having those relationships so you know are they going to be swimming in the dough year one maybe maybe not but it's it's building that story and when we do get that first placement then we you know we use that as marketing promotion and then maybe we'll, we'll do a meet and greet you know mm-hmm. if the artist is performing get the soups down because as you, you know, there's no replacement for seeing an artist live and in yes. the flesh. And, you know, when that when it when a super experiences seeing an, an artist perform live and, and then they go back the next day, they're working on a brief. That song is in their head. Like, ah, I can't. Yeah, that hook is there. And then, yeah. you know, when they're going through their music of 5000 songs, they're like, hey, you know, Chase Walker band. Boom. I'm, uh, he's a great guy. I want to help him. Yeah. I love that. That's a really good point that you're talking about relationship building and to, you know, music supervisors are music fans too. And so it's like, I mean, I remember hearing music supervisors speak on panels talking about how they were huge fans of artists that had been pitched to them. They hadn't had an opportunity to place their song, not because they didn't like the song. It's just like you said, creatively, it didn't fit in the spot. And that I think is like the hardest thing for artists to wrap their head around is that if they don't get placed, it's not because their music is bad. It's Mm. because it doesn't fit specifically exactly to the producer, to the director, to the showrunner's liking. And and, and it just doesn't fit in that one very, very, very specific scene. It might be the best song ever written. But if it doesn't fit <laughs> the scene, it's not going to get used. Yep. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Go for uh, it. Thanks. Yeah, no, 100%. Just because it, it popped back in my, in my mind already, you know, a, a very specific brief we got the other day, and I'll be succinct as possible. But basically, it was an overhead montage scene. Someone's in paradise on the beach. So first half of the song has to be joyous, joyous and celebratory. Uh-huh. And then there's a switch. The person picks up the phone, they get bad news. So the music has to pivot huh. into despair and dread and melancholy. So the big ask is how many songs are going to ha- start out happy and then sad and the lyrics. <laughs> yeah. So wow. it was, a, that was a tough one, you know, and, and, yeah. and, and then whether we have it, then, 
you know, being Zen with the supers and say, Hey, you know, thanks, but we'll get you next time. I'm not going to waste their time and send them 10 tracks that don't fit. If right. I do, they're like, Hey man, you don't know what you're doing. You're pitching craft. We can't use. And I just wasted 20 minutes listening to 10 tracks. So that is another Zen, you know, the, the discipline and knowing, you know, hey, thanks, but, you know, we'll get you next time. Mm. Yeah. Chase, did you want to say something about it? I was just going to say it, it's if there's one thing that artists, independent artists particularly should know about sync is that it's a numbers game. Mm. There's no I've heard this from directly from the um, senior vice president of the sync department at Sony said this. Mm. There's no way to guarantee any particular artist for any particular placement. Mm. It, it would be great if the supervisors that we pitched to were the ones making the final call on the scenes and anything they liked goes, you know what I mean? Sure. But basically, when we send them our music, they then make folders of all the music that they get from all of their different sources, and they pitch that to the the showrunner or the director or the, the music director whoever whoever is there higher up on them got it that particular production so being that it's so bureaucratic it's all about how many times are you getting your song in front of the supervisor and mm -hmm. are you sticking in that supervisor's mind are they falling mm -hmm. you know are cool. like do do they want to come back and use your music Nice. That's great. And that's, uh, yeah, that's super helpful. And I think puts things in perspective. Um, because, you know, as I wear two hats, uh, frequently, I'm, I wear the artist hat, uh, and then I can wear the manager hat or the business head hat or whatever. And like, when I have my artist hat on, I, it's in a very, it's a very emotional hat. And, uh, <laughs> I take things extremely personally and then I have to switch hats and put that manager and be like, no, 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 Just, let's keep it in perspective. Like, it's not because you're worthless. It's not because your music sucks. It's because it doesn't necessarily work right now in this spot. And like, you gotta like, you know, think about that. So, um, I, I guess what is your biggest piece of advice? Uh, and I want to hear from both of you on this, uh, for artists that want to be successful getting their songs synced, uh, what would you, what's your biggest piece of advice for them? Um, yeah, Charles, why don't you start us off? That's good. So yeah, I mean, <clears throat> straight off the bat, I would say, you know, do your homework, whether that's if you're deciding that you want to work with a sync agent, let's say you do that route. So, hey, know who you're, you're approaching, what kind of, you know, if they approach Bubuda, all right, Bubuda is, Who's our roster? What type of music do we vibe with? Mm -hmm. And then do your due diligence. Can you talk the talk, the walk, the walk? If I say, is it one stop rep? Do you have co-write splits? Uh, I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. So then, you know, that's a non-starter because, you know, time's of the essence in, in these deals. And then the yes. second route is, you know, if they decide to go with their own with music supers, same thing, do your homework. But, you know, I'm always going to, advocate and say hey benefit of working with an agent you know you're gonna have a higher hit ratio of going through a seasoned vet versus you know if you try it your own but if you know there are cases where where artists will go into events and make relationships with supers mm -hmm. and you know but it takes time you you know you're mm -hmm. that's a perfect example Lindsay's great you know her from back in the day mm -hmm. but now more than ever you know they're 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 bombarded and yep. it's it's so do your homework due diligence on both sides cool chase oh absolutely yeah I, I think i mean 
definitely for any artist out there looking to get syncs, definitely find a sync agent, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, I think most supervisors are just too busy to be, uh, if they even listen to your music in the first place, yep. that's fortunate enough. And if they decide that it's good enough that they want to go through the trouble of making sure that it's clearable because it's from some random person that they don't know, mm-hmm. that's, you know, you have your odds get less and less and less basically. Um, but the other thing is um, look up, you know, artists that are making stuff the, the, the artists that, that you take inspiration from um, and who, who do, who do you make music like and what placements are they getting and what, what of their catalog is working for them? Mm. Go find a sync agent that works with that kind of stuff. What would you recommend to artists who don't have that history with i mean yes we all like to think that our music works perfectly on sure. every show and on everything yeah uh what advice would you give to people who don't have that history yeah didn't work with extreme but do believe that their music would work uh in sync where do they start where do they begin and then how do they go about that what's the process this is a uh, a process that i think if you take enough time to figure it out you'll figure it out anyways so i'm not really revealing anything that sure. is uh, i'm just helping people get to the to the puzzle pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, go to IMDB Pro mm-hmm. or IMDB. Mm-hmm. Uh, look at the projects that you think your music works for. Let's say, for example, you you look up the show and you you find on IMDB Pro or IMDB that mm-hmm. the music supervisor is this person. Mm-hmm. You find their contact. Um, then what you want to do is make sure that your presentation is tight, right? Um, what does your, that mean? Your presentation means uh, that your song, your you, first of all, you need wave files, right? Um, there's there are there are host sites where you can basically upload all of your music, the lyrics, the contact information, like all that disco? stuff. What do you use? Like disco. I, disco. I use disco a okay. lot. Um, and you want to also make sure that your metadata is tight inside of your inside of your actual file, right? So that's who do I contact mm. for this? Who's writing on this? Every single writer on it. Mm. Who do I who is I need to know the master side and the publishing side mm-hmm. of each writer for contact. So if you are assigned to a publishing deal, send me that person's email. And then if you're on your master, send me your email. Mm. One writer. Mm-hmm. Writer two is independent 100%. I need his email. Mm-hmm. Uh, writer three is is on a label and published. I need who do I clear for master at the label? Mm. I need who do I clear for master at the publishing? Because if I love the song, um, I may only have an afternoon to clear this thing. Yep. And I need everybody's information right there for who I can reach. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's a nightmare because I'm calling you yep. and then I got, and then you got to find him. And then... So like, don't make a pitch un- until you have all of that information squared away. Have your stuff squared away. Yep. Be on point with it. Not only will, not only will it probably um, help you get the sync, mm-hmm. uh, but... It'll also put you in good favor with these people, man, because they get it's you know I've seen some of the stuff music supervisors get, man. It's a shit, it's a shit show, man. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, just just make things easier for yourself and for them to to you're a business. So what's the uh, all right? So so you you pick a show that you think your music would fit well on yeah. because you watch the show and you're like, you know what, I make music similar to the music they use on the show. Indeed. And then you go into IMDb, you find the music supervisor, you find their contact email somewhere. Right. What is the subject line? Why would they open this email from somebody they don't know? I have your mother locked in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> and then that'll get open. <laughs> 
no, I mean, you don't want to say that, but no, I, mean, you know, I would of say, course, of course, oh my God. this is, no, that's a very interesting question, right? Because right. that's the million dollar question. How do right. I get somebody, how do I get somebody who's on the phone with, with Kanye West uh, and, and trying to find the rights for Smokey Robinson to open my email. So your in was, uh, you've placed my music in the past. Right. Uh, I think you'd like some of this new stuff. Now, somebody else, what I've heard, now tell me what you think about this. This yeah. is what supervisors have told me in the past. Uh, if you put a subject line, sounds like Coldplay, mm. or something like, if they're in need of a Coldplay song, right. Coldplay replacement, yeah. or something like that, or like, you know. That's smart. Then that's like, a good oh, one. I'm gonna open this, because like, I do need a Coldplay replacement, or yeah. I need something that sounds like Coldplay, or something like that. Right. Um, or maybe, maybe an idea is, if you're watching that show, um, you could say sounds like an artist they placed last week on last episode. So right. they know that you've been doing your research and your homework. Mm. Or you can put that artist's name in the subject line. And mm. that'll give them it's like, oh, well, I did just place this artist. Absolutely. Not a well-known artist. Why are they contacting me about this artist? I love this artist. I just placed her last week. Yeah. Then they open the email and then you say, um, you know, I love the show. You do such a great job with the music. Maybe open with a compliment. Right. Say you place this artist who I discovered through the show. Yeah. Thank you for turning me on to this artist. My song is actually very similar in line with this artist, and maybe that will get your your email read and listened to and opened. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I think I think that those are. I mean, bro, you gotta write my emails. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I will pay you top dollar. Yeah, to write right. my, I'm horrible at that, but no, yeah. those yeah, th these are all things that you can do. I think for me, what was unique about my situation was that um, you know I had this like very small like window that I can kind of crack open a little bit. Yep. Um, you know, m reaching music supervisors is is definitely one way to do it for sure, and and you should. Uh, and also sync licensing companies. Yes. Because they have the relationships with these people. Uh, uh, they're already established with them. There are, a lot of them are working on shows themselves, and mm. they have music supervisors inside of their companies. Mm. Um, so, you know, that may even also be a, uh, kind of like a, uh, a an easier avenue. So have well. you worked? Uh, well, you, so you said you were doing this on your own independently for a few years, but right? Recently, you've joined with a sync licensing company. Just recently, and I, and I would say that if you don't if you don't have um, because I very much so was just kind of like hustling the angle that I had. And mm -hmm. I also didn't even know about sync licensing companies. Okay. <laughs> so I just was doing this stuff independently and I got so good at it that it mm -hmm. was like, why, why am I giving anybody a percent? I already know these people sure. that you're a sync that you're sending the music to. Yep. Um, uh, but, um, but I think that if I'm starting out and, and I just have music and I just want to start syncing, mm -hmm. I would start researching. I would start with researching sync uh, uh, licensing companies mm -hmm. uh, in tandem with reaching out with music supervisors, mm. reaching out to music supervisors. But I think a sync licensing company is definitely your way to go for sure. So you can contact sync licensing companies in tandem with contacting music supervisors, doing Indeed. the reach out in that smart way, targeted uh, with full metadata, all that stuff. Indeed. Um, because music supervisors, you know, they're working on projects. Uh, they're, they're They're under the gun. A lot of them are not just sitting around waiting for people to get music. And I'm sure. not saying seeking licensing companies aren't grinding too, because they grind hard. Yep. Uh, but I think that they're just a little bit easier to walk up to and say, hey, let's let's have, let's listen to some stuff. Sure. You know so what I mean? So why did you decide, since you already had all these contacts, why did you decide to work with a sync licensing company and give up a percentage? So I wanted to scale. I wanted okay. to scale up. Okay. And uh, I was already doing well independently, but I wanted to, I wanted to scale up. And I met some people who are just 
some of the most amazing people that I've ever met. And mm. uh, I was like, yeah, I gotta, I, I like, if I'm doing this well by myself, yep. if if you were rep- if you believe in my music mm-hmm. and you were representing my music, I know I know people they just gotta meet you. Sure. And cool. uh, people were just pres- like you. If you were mm-hmm. a single license, I would I would give you some of my music because I know if anybody <laughs> met you and yeah, they just sure. like sat across from you, yeah. they would listen to what you had to say. Okay. You know what nice. I mean? Yeah. And so I found these people with this talent uh, who were already doing well with their own people, cool. and we just had the synergy, and we decided to work together, and it allows me to focus more on music and to also be in all these other places at the same time. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, it's been great, man. So cool. I would st- I would start there if you're indie because they'll do they have they have of the uh, the groundwork to um, already set in place to just plug you in and to kind of get you started. You know, amazing. Today's episode was edited by Max and Hunter, theme music by Brassroots District, and produced by all the great people at Ari's Take. So it is brought to you by DistroKid. DistroKid is a distribution service that can get your music into all the DSPs like Spotify, Apple Music, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram. Over a million artists have used DistroKid. I'm one of those artists. I've used DistroKid to get my music out, distribute some of my songs. As you know, as I look into all of these distribution services, I test them out. And DistroKid is great. They offer a ton of features annual fee, unlimited uploads, and you keep 100% of your royalties. Check out districtkid.com.